been thinking about my journey in the last year to having more joy in my life. And that just so happens to be uh, Brianna's Insta, the name of her Instagram account. So I, I think it was meant to be to, for us to talk about joy today. And it is literally one of my favorite things to talk about ever. I don't shut up about joy um, because I feel like it's so important. And I also feel like you create it for yourself and put it out into the world and it's magical. But also for autistics, we have had our joy criticized our whole lives. Um, that we find joy in weird things or we express our joy with flapping and that's weird or whatever it is. But um, we get criticized about our joy from the get-go and there's nothing that I think is more sad than the fact that autistics don't get to experience joy because our joy is judged. Um, and so I down and I say joy is like our number one priority, especially for those of us diagnosed late in life. So joy is very important to me as well and I love that. So what do you think about joy, Doug? What do you do for joy? Well, I do a lot of things, but I think the thing in the last year, well, you already know I'm weird, Becca, and the people that listen to InfoDump already know I'm weird. So this will just only enhance that. But in the last year, I have really learned something um, and embraced it that has brought me more joy than I've ever had. And that's kind of source energy. And I think the important thing about source energy for me, just kind of the basics, is that we're all kind of vibrational beings in this in this world, and to kind of align with those positive vibrations is is really important. So I have definitely been practicing. Certainly, have a long way to go in this area, <laughs> but I have been practicing being much more positively aligned with um, my vibration and not thinking about worrying about like, Oh, why hasn't this thing happened yet? You know, uh, you know, things like that. So that has definitely brought me a ton of more joy, uh, in the last year. And I'm just hoping that to keep that momentum going. Right. I mean, I think it's so funny because I, this is again, something that we have in common, the source <laughs> energy thing. Um, and it's also relatively new for me, but it really, um, is another way for me to sort of stay in tune with all of the things that I consider important, right? It's sort of like, um, I am always wanting now because I spent my life doing the opposite. I'm always now wanting to have myself as the priority and the things and ways that I want my life to look as the priorities. Um, and so you use, um, odd techniques. We're a little woo-woo, Doug and I are a little bit woo-woo about stuff. <laughs> and so we, we talk about, we talk about manifestation and we talk about um, action energy. And that's all this idea that even in our smallest of selves, we are in movement. There is movement happening. And um, in that movement, there is energy and you can decide where to put that energy. And a lot of people focus it on the negative and they expand the negative in their life instead of expanding the positive. And um, so I use a lot of those things and um, alignment is one of my favorite things in the whole world because it makes logical sense to me and I love it. Um, and it brings me joy. So making decisions that I feel good about um, and making decisions that are in, in alignment with the life that I want, even if it's not in alignment with what's happening right now in my life, that brings me endless joy. The idea that I can impact my future by making good decisions now is amazing to me. And I love it. And, and that brings me joy. I love that I can confidently make choices now. 
I think we could spend like an entire day discussing source energy. That's a new podcast, Becca. Next time we can have a guest, we're going to just make it the podcast about source energy. I love it. But anyway, that's what's joy for me. But let's get talking to Brianna. Let's find out what brings Brianna joy, right? I mean, it's obvious you because you have it in your Instagram handle and all kinds of things. So I do. You. Yeah, actually, I'll kind of start by telling you guys a little bit about how this account even came to be, because um, right now, for those who don't follow me who are listening, my account is mainly about autism awareness as well as um, medicinal cannabis use, and um, that has steered very differently from where I started it it and thought it would go, Um, and that's because I started it a little over a year ago. And I was trying to, like, lose weight, and I was, like, um, I had recently been engaged, and I was getting married, and I had, like, all these things about myself that I thought I wanted to change in a certain way, Um, and that's what I thought my journey to joy was, and in fact, um, about six weeks after I started that account, I found out, like, I was diagnosed as autistic. And it became a place for me to document that journey and yeah. share that journey with people. And that's where it kind of grew. So I think for me, joy is about authenticity and experiencing things in the moment. I've so often in my life tried to plan things and be in super control of everything going on around me because as I'm sure you guys also experience, things that aren't predictable or unplanned can be very overwhelming very quickly um and so now I think that has become sort of a platform for me to talk about the things that bring me joy in the moment and learning to share those things as a way to keep myself accountable to be grateful for them if that makes any sense absolutely makes sense to me (laughs) Um, I because what I think is so interesting is that you got to sort of share your journey from the very beginning because you were doing something else first and we don't catch that a lot right and that's a really important thing and it must have been incredibly overwhelming to in that first year because know what the first year is like and to be that raw and honest right during that time it's it's a rough year that first year um, and so I really commend that. And it's something that like my highest compliment I ever get in the whole world is when someone says to me, wow, I feel like we just did an interview and you were so authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I can, I have done the healthiest thing for my mental health. If I can do everything as my authentic self. Right. Absolutely. And so I always find that to be the biggest compliment. And so I applaud all of the things that you're doing. Um, and I think it's really amazing that you were able to share that very beginning journey because we all, I mean, it's very similar for all of us that get a late in life diagnosis. I, it's been an emotional roller coaster for sure. And I'm going to try to not get emotional about it now. Um, but it's, it's definitely been crazy going my entire life. I'm 27 years old. So 26 years of it going through and feeling like I just did not belong anywhere. I couldn't relate to anybody. And to now be able to pinpoint and look for people who can relate to that experience and finding a community where people are able to say, yeah, wow, me too, actually. And also being that my content gears a lot towards the cannabis community, I'm reaching people that aren't necessarily coming for, you know, they're not coming for the autism, but hopefully they're staying for it. So, and I've had so many people reach out to me and who have started the screening process 
because they were like, wow, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was an autistic trait. I didn't realize that's what this was. Um, and I actually had the privilege of working with other autistic people before I was diagnosed. So I had a lot of one-on-one -on -one experience and I still had no idea what it was. Um, and so it's just been a crazy journey of realization for myself. And I've been trying to create that, that pure joy of just finally finding something that makes sense in your life and feeling complete. And I've been trying really hard to kind of make that contagious. Hmm. So, yes. And I love, oh my God, I love it so much. And I love that the, what it's really powerful for me. I've been doing this almost 10 years, which is insane to me. And in that 10 years, I've seen so much change. And I cannot tell you what it means to me as an advocate to see newly diagnosed folks being so happy about their diagnosis, being joyful about it, and not having any guilt or shame or any of that stuff um, that we did have to get and kind of live through even just 10 years ago. Um, so really changing. And so thank you. Thank you for stepping into the advocacy role because I'm old. And I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to take some of that burden off of some other people's shoulders. And I I definitely feel it sometimes. Um, where I'm like, there's got, there are younger people than me, right? Some of them can. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Honestly, I love being able to reach out to people. And on the reverse side of it, you know, people who are coming for the autism and seeing the cannabis use. I have people who have started CBD vitamins that have helped them and things like that because now they know about how the health benefits could potentially change their lives or make things easier for them to cope. Obviously not something for everybody, but I mean, I and I try to be very honest and I don't know how much you've seen on my page. On my story, I get very vulnerable as well. Like I'm very upfront about meltdowns. I talk to people about intrusive thoughts and things like that too, just because those are also things that neurotypical people experience and feel shame talking around, you know? So. Absolutely. And, well, I'm going to say I live in Colorado, and I live here for a reason, right? <laughs> so, and really, genuinely, um, up until last year, it was illegal. You know, cannabis was not even medically allowed in New York State. Um, mm -hmm. And it's definitely one of the reasons that I've moved here. And it's enabled me to um, ditch some of the more, I don't know, chemically dependent type medications that I was needing to take to survive in New York. Um, yeah. So not only the change in the environment, but also the availability of medical marijuana means the difference to me between being absolutely as I need to go. I before I, I sorry, I know Doug has been wanting to say something too. <laughs> We're just talking. <laughs> We're just talking. <laughs> keep on keep on going, Brianna. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um but I I, um, like I said, I wasn't diagnosed as autistic until last year, but before that I had a complex PTSD diagnosis. And when I received my medicinal for that, before I was able to put together the, that, I mean, once I found out it was sensory issues, I was like, oh, a light bulb. Um, <laughs> like really everything in my life makes so much more sense, you know, and I can predict what's going to bother me more. I can pinpoint things. I can get away from it so much better and that has led to so much I mean my life is just such a safer place now just having this information but when I got when I first started taking medicinal uh cannabis I because I had used it a couple of times recreationally beforehand but I thought you know no way is this something that could make my life any better but when I realized 
you know, you get your tolerance and you're able to function. And it really makes me have the opportunity to step away from situations that would normally immediately trigger me and analyze them and make more sense out of them. So it's been very helpful. (laughs) What's been, um, you you mentioned that people have come to your Instagram page for kind of the, the advocacy stuff. And then kind of um, used um, CBD and things like that. What were maybe some of the misconceptions people had? Um, and then you were kind of able to educate them. Yeah, well, I'll start with the number one misconception I had. Because I was actually raised around cannabis use. I, you know, which everyone will have mixed opinions about. But my parents um, did use cannabis in the home. And I, so I knew about how it benefited stress and things like that. Um, but I was not a fan. I'm not a huge fan of the act of smoking things. I've always really hated cigarettes. So the smoking of it was always a, something that deterred me. And I think people are very unaware of how many different ways there are uh, to consume THC or CBD or any of the various molecules found in cannabis, which if you can't tell by now, that was a previous special interest of mine. Like, let me just find all of the science behind this so I know. <laughs> But um, I had a lot of people coming to me saying, well, I'm not a big smoker. Isn't it going to kill your lungs? People don't realize not only are there many ways for you to make smoking healthy, healthier for you, depending on how you smoke it or um, how often you're smoking it, different tools to use, filtering, etc. cetera. Um, but there are topical medicines. If you're experiencing physical pain, you can just take pills that are readily available at those dispensaries as well edibles, a lot of different things. So that was probably the number one misconception is people thought that they had to be a smoker in order to get the benefit. I remember um, back in college, which was a long, long time ago, (laughs) I I had one of my closest um, college friends. um, He had uh, cancer at the time and he was going through chemo. So he would, you know, he used uh, marijuana each day to kind of deal with like the chemo benefits so it just so happens that hit the person that got him the marijuana lived right across the street from me and I went across and I and I I wasn't and I'm not using him as the reason why I was smoking marijuana at the time (laughs) but and I, I was very not knowledgeable about it so I went across the street and to get the the marijuana for him um, cause he was really sick that day. I remember. And the person said, Hey, would you let me, I'll be right back. Um, here, would you like a uh, muffin while, while I get, and I was like, sure. Cause I'm not going to turn down food. And it wasn't just like a, it just wasn't a small muffin. It was like this really big muffin. And I gobbled it up so quickly. And it, it was an interesting day after that. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ways you can kind of ingest it. Yeah. I love that you have that story, Doug. <laughs> I mean, there are times when we're doing this podcast when I just wish I could, like, reach through the screen and, like, smush you. I love that you have this story. I can't even. Like, I wish I had stories like that. But no, Brianna and I grew up in homes where smoking marijuana was all normal in the house and stuff, right? And so I don't have any of those funny stories. <laughs> Yeah, I do have one fun story about it. Um, It's actually kind of dominoed in my life because my parents, before they were up front with us, when I was like 10 to 12 and I could 
pinpoint and be like, hey, why are you guys going in that room? Why does it smell so funny? What's going on? Um, my parents would say that they needed to have a safety meeting about the safety of the household. So all of the adults would go into a separate room <laughs> to have a safety meeting. And so my friends who have children now, that's exactly what we do. We're keeping the, keeping the tradition going. That's fantastic. I talk about the safety. And my husband does not smoke, so he'll just peek his head in the door and be like, are you guys being safe in here? We're like, yeah, it's real safe in here. Close the door. <laughs> Now, beyond the, the marijuana, you have, um, I guess, an interest in upcycled clothing? I do, yes. I love, um, I, my special interest in general around it is just ways to reduce waste. Waste is like a weird thing that I'm uncomfortable with. If I can, if there's any way for me to use it, um, I will. I actually, my husband and I do like two trips to a recycling bin um, in the neighborhood because they we don't have enough room in our can for our weekly recycling. Um, but I, upcycled clothes came from my desire to have, I mean, I grew up shopping at thrift stores. I grew up in a lower income home and that was all that we could afford and I hated it. You know, I was made fun of for it. It didn't look like everybody else's clothes. So my desire to be able to keep my clothing budget small and still have fun, funky sort of um, outfits because I'm a very colorful person. Um, and I love sparkle and I love color and rainbows, but I can't always afford to buy the top name brand thing. So from that, it's kind of uh, spiraled into now I like frequently buy thrifted items and sometimes the ones that I don't see that or I see that wouldn't fit me but I still like, and then I bring them home, and I alter them, and then I sell them. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I love that. I love to <laughs> clothes. I will not yes. really, if I can never wear a pair of new jeans ever again, I would be the happiest person. New yes. jeans? No. I want, so I would pay someone to wear jeans down for me, actually, so that there's oh, something yeah. I'm glad that's not just me, because absolutely, I hate brand new pairs of jeans, but, like, Sliding your way in a, to a perfectly stretched pair of jeans was a completely different experience. <laughs> How much of the uh, sensory experiences of kind of upscaled uh, clothing appeal to you? Uh, um, <laughs> some of the sensory experiences can be a little crazy. Um, I think the thing about shopping secondhand is that you can't be as picky or choosy. You know, if I really liked silk or only wanted to wear silk, you know, that's, that's going to be difficult. But I, I love that I can go in and maybe find things that I enjoy or that would bring me comfort that aren't brand new. Like, I can, I can find things that aren't trending right now, like old vintage clothing, like big, crazy patterns, comfy sweaters, things like that. So I would say, touch-wise, sensory can be a little touch-and-go with the upcycled. Um, but as far as being able to control the way that my clothing looks and how much it appeals to me, because, like I said, being a colorful person, colors bring me a lot of joy. If I don't have a lot of colors going on or something, I just don't, I'm not feeling myself, you know? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really feeling super great about myself. So I, I like having the control of that. 
And then also being able to customize for others at like a lower price point mm-hmm. and give them something that they're really excited about is, and is more unique to them. I think it, it, it's a form of expressing yourself without having to talk, which is something I'm very <laughs> Do you have uh, any other special interests we haven't talked about? Um, interior design, actually. Oh, nice. Yes, I've actually been on two different interior design podcasts to talk about um, the importance of interior design in the life of autistic people. Ah. Um, because people don't realize, especially if, say, you're a parent and your child is autistic and you don't really have a lot of resources to understand how their environment is affecting them, learning how to accommodate calming textures in places like for instance i have like a cube storage in my living room and i keep little seasonal toys out there so that they can be multi-purpose they can be decor but they're also things that i can pick up and stim with at any point or even spatial just spatial design in general where you place things if your child feels safer in a corner then you might want your couch to be more secluded or in a tight-fitting spot or if they don't want to be in a corner, then maybe you need to move things around and have that right in the middle and your TV against the wall. So um, that is so important. Oh my God. Please keep doing that. I can't even <laughs> tell you how many clients I have that are like, I have my house. I love it. Right. Some people who, for example, don't like clutter or they don't want decoration in their homes. Right. Cause it can be very distracting and sensory overwhelming for some people. Right. Or they don't want to have, you know, a couch and a chair. They'd rather have a bigger couch than, you know, have a set or something like that, right? And so what I find is that we have a lot of parents out there who sort of judge that, right? They sort of are like, no, you're supposed to have a couch and a chair, so we're going to get you a couch and a chair, and you're going to learn to like that, right? And that's not fair, right? When we're adults and we're looking to create our own spaces, we're creating them around our personal brand of autism. So get out Right? And if your kid doesn't want to have an end table, they're not going to die. They don't need an end table. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So, like, get Absolutely. with it. Like, kind of figure it out. So, I love that you're talking about that. It's so important. And it's important for other autistics to understand you can say no to your parents and you can mm-hmm. decorate your space the way yeah. you're comfortable, even if it's weird. Yeah. Right? So, right. your space is supposed to be your safe space. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that in your life, I think you should go about Yeah. Your and, and even on the adult end of that, having people who have maybe had their parents control their environment their whole lives go into a new space and they can't, they're like, it's all the same things. I don't understand why it's suddenly overwhelming to me or it's, you know, um, so I've, I have worked with some college students to redo their spaces and stuff too that they were like, this is just too overwhelming. I can't find anything just because I can't even look at it. And I, I'm like, that's a familiar problem, but I have a solution for you. <laughs> yes. um, so I, interior design is a big one for me. I love studying the psychology behind it. Why do colors affect us in certain ways? Why does light affect us in certain ways? Brianna, have you heard of many um, people out there focusing on, on this aspect of interior design? The reason I ask is because my sister-in-law does interior design and I've over the years have been like trying to encourage her to move in this exact direction that you are. But unfortunately she hasn't uh, for different reasons. But have you like, have you done any research and found other people? I, I have found some, I have found a couple of groups on Facebook specifically 
Um, and I love that these groups are kind of zoning in. The only thing that I've had trouble with, and I, I say a couple of groups, and I mean specifically two is all that I've found, <laughs> but they are, you know, both led by uh, mothers of autistic children who realized that the sensory needs were very overwhelming. They were already in interior design, and then they decided to go in this direction because it's a very niche and very much demanded market. So I don't know that there are a lot of people out there, but I wish there were more. If I could have a group of autistic people who were into interior design and we could have a whole network of us, that would be amazing because then, you know, we could just even help um, do consultations and stuff for people or for other interior designers who don't understand those needs. But I definitely think there's a lot of market for it, for sure. I think the one thing that I would change about the market that I've seen growing for it so far, or the community in general, is that they focus a lot on autistic children, as a lot of our resources do, and they don't really think about how autistic adults also have those needs, and how there are many of us who live independently on our own and don't have the skill set. Or don't have the time or the knowledge to or make our know that these things can like really impact your life in a huge way, right? Absolutely. Because we're not told that explicitly, right? We're not no no adults are really told that explicitly, right? Um, and yet, because of the evangelization that happens, it's somehow assumed that we can't figure it out on our own, right? Um, but I love that you're doing this, and I'm gonna just say shout out to the world because open market. Okay, yeah. huge. Like there's enough yeah. for everyone. If we all turned around and did it, there would still be more that needed. Yeah. So I think a, a group is a great idea, and I vote group. And I say, if you're <laughs> also interested in interior design and autistic, you can find Brianna what? on Instagram. Reach out, and if there's <laughs> enough of you, maybe you guys can create a group for yourselves because that's yeah. where we're at in our community. If you are an adult in need and you want to create a group do it because it doesn't exist and you're not going to step on anybody's toes. And all we can do is keep showing the world that we have needs just like they do, though they may be different. Right. I mean, honestly, if you're listening in general and you have an interest and you've thought about maybe starting a business for it, especially if you're neurodivergent, we do not have nearly enough small business owners. I mean, the, the employment market is not very friendly to most of us. And I wish that more there were more resources out there specifically for um, autistic people starting businesses, you know, because it's the most accommodating workplace is it your is. own. <laughs> it, for us, and because the world isn't ready for us yet. They're just not prepared to accept us and all of our autismness. And so, you know, if you can't, that's my, <laughs> this is like my biggest pet peeve. If you have a problem, your job is not to complain about it. Your job is to solve it, right? I don't want to hear about the problem unless you have at least one idea about how to solve it, right? Like, don't come complaining because I really, we're not in a space where we can do that. We're not. We, as adults, know what we need and we know what we need to create for the kids that are coming up, right? And so it's on us to do that if we want it done in a the timely fashion. problem is the starting point to the solution. Well... I'll tell you, sometimes it's just a kick in the butt, and I'm happy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Brianna, we've come to just near the end of uh, uh, the show, and every single time we end um, Info Dump episodes with something we call Inside the Autistic Studio. So we have 11 questions for you, 
And the first question we start out with are, what are your pronouns? She, they. So she, her, they, them. And what is your preferred stim? I, I call it my happy dance, but it's basically just wiggling. <laughs> like, that's my go-to. It was just like, I just jam with it, the music in my head. It's always going. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sort of just expresses it all in one word. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Yep. Very, Who, very diverse. <laughs> it is. It is. Who do you love and what are you doing about it? Who do I love and what am I doing about it? I guess the first person who comes to mind is my husband, so he'll be happy to hear that. And what am I doing about it? I clean his home every day, so I do that frequently. <laughs> <laughs> These next two are fill in the blank. You may be neurotypical if... You may be neurotypical if you don't know what ableism is. Mm. And then... <laughs> you may be autistic if... Um... Oh gosh, I have so many of these. Which one comes to mind first? <laughs> um, you may be autistic if you're uh, 27 years old and drink out of sippy cups because you like to chew on them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's the most bizarre thing people ever notice about me. They're like, you're a grown woman. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> What's something you want to learn to do or be better at? I want to learn boxing, mm. um, just because I feel like it would be a great, I've done it a little bit on and off throughout my life, but I think it would be a great exercise, and also, like, just get my aggression out when I need it. If I could just go box in the other room for a little bit, that would help me throughout most of my day. <laughs> what autistic social media accounts should people be paying attention to? I would say on, I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram, and I know the autistic community is like, the actually autistic community is more prevalent on TikTok, and I'm not so much on there, but I would say Kiddish Bambino on Instagram, I forget what his TikTok name is, but he is fantastic, he's so authentic, he's so great, um, and he shares a lot of things that are very helpful to me as a white woman, a lot of stuff about intersectionality and about bringing awareness to the people of color in the autism community. So he's, he's really changed my perspective on a lot of things mm. lately. What's one thing in your routine you couldn't possibly live without? Uh, <laughs> my headphones. Mm. Um, <laughs> absolutely. I live very close to a military base and they're very loud with a lot of things very often, so these are most of my day. <laughs> and this one's um, multiple choice. Dog, cat, or must I choose? Must I choose. I have three cats and a dog, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, our last question, and we kind of come for full circle because we started talking about joy, and we're going to end with talking about joy. What does autistic joy mean to you? Autistic joy means 
connecting with other autistic people and sharing the autistic perspective. All right. That's our last question. I can't believe it. Thank you so much for coming, Brianna. I am so Thank excited you. that you're out in the world doing things. Thanks. If you are not yet following Brianna on Instagram, please do. I will give you the link in the video of this for sure. And Doug will put it, I know, in the audio. But please make sure um, that you follow her. She's doing really interesting stuff. And not only is she doing interesting stuff, but she's real about it. And I love that because that's my thing too. And I don't connect with people who aren't real. So I feel like um, you're doing amazing things. And I love that you're pushing the envelope. I love that you're saying I can have multiple identities. I can, many things can be important to me um, and all of that. And so um, I thank you for that. Because when I got diagnosed, I couldn't find myself out there. Um, there weren't enough of us with enough different things going on that were out there. So it was really hard for me to find myself. So then I just did it myself so that someone would find me. Yes. Um, yeah. so, exactly how I felt going into it. So now we, this is how we all find each other. And um, I thank you for being that person for somebody else. Thank you. All right. Well, that's another episode in the can, Doug. Yeah. Are we good? We are great. And I always look forward to next time.